you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you. Because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim. Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Hello, somebody. How's everybody? I hope you're doing okay. I know that a lot is happening in the world, in our country, in your community, in our lives, but I do hope that as you are listening, to this edition of Hello Somebody that you're doing okay. You know, I've never really dedicated an entire show to inspiration, but I'm going to try that out uh, today. And I want you to come on this journey with me. I am going to talk about the incredible civil rights leader, icon, foot soldier, the woman that made so much happen and she's not often talked about enough. And that is the one and only great Ella Baker. But before I get to Ella Baker, you know, I love, love, love to center our time together on a quote or two or a series of quotes. And in thinking about the great Ella Baker, another great woman came to mind, the poet herself, the one and only Dr. Maya Angelou. And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite poems of hers is Still I Rise. I'm not going to recite all of it, just a little bit of it, 
just to get us in the right mindset for our conversation about Ella Baker. Uh, we know that the poem Still I Rise was published in 1978. And it's you know not only about her experiences as a black woman in America, it's really a, a frame, if you will, a foundation, a peer into beating back racial and social injustice. And there's laying it out there that no matter what you throw at us, we're going to rise. That poem takes me so many places. Hell, I could do a whole show on just the poem. Still, I rise. It means so much to a lot of the different struggles that those of African descent, African-Americans in this country have had to endure. It's just really powerful. And then for those who are not African-American to peer into and to think very deeply about what these words written by Dr. Maya Angelou, what Angelou, what they really mean uh, for all of us. I mean, this poem is about hope. It's about resilience. It's about fight. It's about survival proudness. It's about fearlessness. It's about liberation and just a small bit of joy. The pride that one takes when you know that you are an overcomer. And that is some stuff right there. So out of the huts of history, shame. I rise up from a past that's rooted in pain. I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, you know, and just even thinking about that, I know why now Justice Brown Jackson, why she recited that, because that's it. I mean, have you seen those T-shirts that I am my ancestors wildest dreams? We're thinking about Still I Rise. It reminds me of that T-shirt and all of its simplicity. That's so deep. That's generations deep. I am the wildest dreams of my ancestors. And when Dr. Maya Angelou penned this poem, Every single word that she wrote and the expression of those words, when you think about the struggle, it's that if we had to just and sum up, still I rise, it's I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, meaning no matter what you take me through, baby, I'm going to rise. I will not be written out of history. Hello, somebody. I, I am going to do that. And, and how could you not be inspired by I am the dream and the hope of the slave? I am the dream and the hope of the enslaved. You know, when Dr. Angelou wrote this poem, not many folks were making the distinction between slave and enslaved. And you can, historians or other social scientists may disagree a little bit, but the notion of using the word enslaved is to bring the humanity back to the person that's being enslaved, the person that is in slavery and not just as an object, the slave. But we get it. We get it either way. Anybody says it, especially if they say it in a way that that brings that power and that respect to the people who had to endure one of the most traumatic experiences in the world, in this country, to be enslaved, to be chattel. Baby, that's something you never, ever get over. And America Lord, have mercy. I'm going down a path today that I said I wasn't going to go down. Let me go on back to inspiration. You know, let me let me do that. Dr. Maya Angelou certainly gave us a chance 
to really go deep with that and and really take away boundaries. And those those boundless words were acts of love and strength and sacrifice. It really was a love letter, not just to the ancestors, but I believe to the African-American community as a whole that we we going to rise no matter what they do. I'm hoping that you are feeling that, that even in the heaviness of those words, it really is about rising above. And that is really what leads me to talk about another very inspiring woman who lived her life without limits. And that is the one and only Ella Baker. She, in the 1960s, used her voice. She made a choice to be a voice and she shook the ground. She was a movement maker and an enormous part of American history and especially the history of the civil rights movement. Her force and her presence will never and should never be forgotten. She certainly is not talked about as often as she should be. So I am lifting her up in this episode. And I hope that others of you will lift her up and feel compelled to go and research more about her, to quote her from time to time, speaking of quotes, to look her up and just shower on her. I know she's in the ancestral plane, but her presence nevertheless is felt. Miss Baker, Ella Baker really believed in uh, younger people and empowering young people. Uh, she didn't believe that there should be one singular leader. She she believed in the power of the people. I mean, truly the power of the people. And that is one of the things that made her such a force in this movement, standing up for a type of truth and justice and just bringing empowerment to people uh, in ways that had not quite been done, especially younger people. And you know what? She was born in December, my birth month. So I'm just, ooh, just thinking about this woman and the footprints and the steps that she put forward. That gives me great pride to know that she was born in December. She was born December 13th, as she was, in 1903. And she died on December 13th in 1986. I mean, the irony of that, that is quite something. And uh, I was still in high school in the 80s, but wow. I I side with with just great respect for her because I know that a lot of the work that she did was behind the scenes, but anybody and everyone that was engaged in that civil rights work at that time, they knew Ella Baker. And they knew, as we know today, that she was definitely a force of nature. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. 
They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. As I had mentioned, she really was about empowering other people, particularly young people. I'm going to pull a couple of my favorite quotes, and then let's just go on in here and talk about her a bit. One of the quotes that people often use when talking about her, and I'm guilty of this too, we only talk about the final part of a quote that had more depth than the parts that we use. And it is, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until this happens. And usually what you hear, you probably hear the words, we who believe in freedom cannot rest. Let me back up on that and put the other parts to this particular quote, which I too need to use the fullness of it. But I understand when people just pull out that part because that encapsulates everything that needs to be said, especially when you are on the justice journey, when you are fighting for a type of freedom. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. That says it all. But the totality of that was this. Until the killing of black men, black mother's sons, becomes as important to the rest of the country as the killing of a white mother's sons, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until this happens. Oh my God. And it is as if Ella Baker was speaking those words right in this moment. And she was just laying it down, just making it clear that certain things have got to happen if we truly believe in freedom. And we can expand that. I mean, even the movement for black lives was about this. The civil rights movement certainly was about this. We can add the totality of the black community as a whole just even reflecting on that, I mean, Ella Baker was speaking about the physical murder, but there's psychological murder, too, that this country does not recognize the pure and true suffering of black folks, of those whose skin has been kissed by the sun, to quote the great Zora Neale Hurston. It doesn't. And so we can't get freedom for many reasons socially, economically, politically, environmentally, and physically. So until the killing of black men, black mother's sons, 
become as important to the rest of the country as the killing of a white mother's son. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until this happens. She laid that down. Another one. Oppressed people, whatever their level of formal education, have the ability to understand and interpret the world around them to see the world for what it is and move to transform it. Again, Ella Baker talked often about the empowerment of people and she certainly encouraged people to see not only their intrinsic value, but that they had power as well, that they did not have to wait on any single person to empower them, that they had the power. And so just in her very words of encouragement and also pushing within the civil rights movement to remind everyday people that they had the power, she herself was empowering uh, people to recognize that they had the power. One more before we get deeper into this. In order for us as poor and oppressed people to become part of a society that is meaningful, the system under which we now exist has to be radically changed. It means facing a system that does not lend itself to your needs and devising means by which you change that system. Can I get a hello somebody on that? Can I get a hello somebody on that? I mean, Mother Ella Baker laying it down. She said, we got to do it. We got to devise the means to change a system that does not love us, a system that does not recognize us, a system that does not bend to our will. I mean, there is so much that we can wrap into this right now, uh, looking at what is happening in the 21st century. Don't get me started on the gas. Don't get me started on the fact that the child tax credit has expired, a catapulting children back into poverty. Don't get me started on the fact that we right now are uh, not only enduring a pandemic that has to do with COVID, but we're dealing with a pandemic of consciousness in this country. When you have babies, literal elementary school babies in Uvalde, Texas, gunned down 19 of them along with two teachers and you have mofos who are actually willing to say some shit, but they ain't going to do shit. That's real. Or the people, they were black. Most of the uh, babies uh, gunned down in that shooting in uh, Texas at that elementary school, Hispanic community, you know, in Buffalo right before that. We got a mass shooting by white supremacists at a Topps grocery store in Buffalo, New York. We barely talking about that. It is incredible how quickly our mind goes from one thing to the next. And you know what? Because these people are people of color, they're throwaways in the minds of the system. Because if they were not, people would be out in the streets raising holy hell about this. And then we got the gun lobby that's still letting folks know. They are not going to let 
elected officials do a damn thing. They made it clear this changes nothing. And then you have elected officials who just going along to get along with this nonsense. Lord, have mercy on my soul in order for us as poor and oppressed people to become part of a society that is meaningful. The system under which we now exist has to be radically changed. It means facing a system that does not lend itself to your needs and devising means by which you change the system. I think a change in the system, a radical change within the system is needed. It's been needed. We long overdue, but God knows it's shown enough. Quote my grandmama. It's shown enough needed right now. And people should be mad as hell. We need the Ella Baker spirit right about now for a whole bunch of things. Can't find baby formula and baby food. You know, I talked about the damn gas prices are crazy high. People can't afford their food, medicine. I mean, how do we expect people to live? So between Still I Rise and the one and only Ella Baker landed down about the things that we need to do. Her courage to speak that kind of truth to power is the same type of courage that is needed right now in this moment. And we can never overlook women like her who had the courage to stand up in the face of both sexualized challenges, you know, sexism, and also in the face of the challenge of her phenotype of how she was born into this world, which is a black woman. Mother Baker, she is known as the mother of the civil rights movement. Many scholars call her that. And I want to encourage you to read a book that was written by Dr. Barbara Ransby about Ella Baker. It is a tremendous, it is a very good book. So do that. Look Ella Baker up and do some more research on her and lift her. Please do that. Uh, Let me pause for a minute. I want to uh, welcome new listeners to the show. I appreciate you. And I'm happy that you are choosing to spend a little time with me today. To my tried and true listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on this journey with me. I really do appreciate you too. So to both new and old listeners, here we are together in this moment uh, to learn something, to feel something. We got to feel something to do something. I'm a firm believer in that got to feel something to do something that is real. Now, as many of you uh, may know, I, I was an educator. I was a college professor at Cuyahoga Community College. I am an educator at heart. No matter what I'm doing, I am an educator. And I certainly I'm a true believer that we all must educate ourselves on the history of this country, the history of your respective peoples, uh, no matter what the race and ethnicity of the people who have joined in today. We all should learn the respective histories of our ancestors. We must learn America's history in all of its forms and all of its dimensions and the history of African-Americans is indeed the history of America and the people that helped shape where we are today, the people who shaped where we are not today, you know, all the good, the bad and the ugly, where we can go, what we can do, what does it mean to make progress? It's always a extraordinary responsibility and opportunity to learn and to get to see through different lenses. It was James Baldwin who once said, know from what you came. If you know from what you came, there's virtually nowhere that you cannot go. That is both uniquely knowing where you came in terms of your people, your family ancestry, but it's also the communal knowing where you came from in terms of your community and a whole group of 
people. It is knowing where we came from in terms of this nation, this country. How did we form? What makes us tick? Those are the things that are important for us to know, to explore, in order for us to move forward. So just maybe, maybe in that study and that realization and dipping back and being able to look back in time, we can use what we learn to make this world a better place. We have to have a better understanding about each other. We got to have a better understanding about this nation. And God knows we need a better understanding about the world. But I, I digress. Let me go on back. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So outside of fighting for uh, the progressive initiatives, even though Ella Baker was so much, I mean, she was ahead of her time. She really was to fight that good fight. It was a passion that she had for the work that she did. And it is because of women like her and women like Dr. Maya Angelou and women like Angela Davis I mean, we, we know our historic greats and all of these women are women of history. But, you know, it is because of women like this that we have that that spirit, the ability to, to keep on keeping on because they laid the footprints. They're out there. People like uh, Sister Nash from Chi-Town. It is because of women like that. Rosa Parks, no doubt. Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, no doubt. Claudette Colvin. No doubt. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We must honor these women. So Ella Baker was born in Norfolk, Virginia. She grew up in uh, the rural parts of North Carolina. And it was in that community upbringing that gave her her deep sense of who she is and a sense of self-respect. Her grandmother told her a story about how she endured a savage whipping rather than to marry a man chosen for her by her mother. Her grandmother was a slave or an enslaved person. So Ella Baker's grandmother shared those stories. And you got to know that because her grandmother was able to plant those seeds and planting those seeds and cultivating them, they brought forth fruit. And that fruit was the fierce leadership of Ella Baker. Ella Baker graduated as a valedictorian from Raleigh Shaw University in 1927, and she spent almost a half a century raising the political consciousness of Americans. 
and played a major role, as I've said all along, as we look back over her life, played a major role in the shaping of the civil rights movement in the 20th century. She certainly navigated the depths of the NAACP, the Southern Leadership Conference, SNCC. She was in the first field secretary for the NAACP, and she later became a director of several branches. She traveled all over this country from small town to small town, working to convince. You want to talk about planting seeds to convince everyday black citizens who had been enslaved and terrorized to join the resistance. Now, they didn't call it that, but my words to join the resistance, to stand up for freedom, pouring into their spirit and their hearts that they deserve basic human rights. That is hard work to do to travel all over. I got a dose of that myself, both in 2016 and also 2020. But you got to imagine in the 40s where it was not as safe for black people to travel. Many of you may have heard of the Green Book. And this book was created by the black community to let black folks know where they could sleep, where they could eat. They could not just walk into any hotel and get a room. This stuff is real. It's not that long ago. Sometimes we talk about this stuff like it's ancient history. No, it was just yesterday in terms of the historical spectrum. Just yesterday, 1940, 1930, 1920. That was just yesterday. It wasn't a long time ago. And so the fact that she had that type of courage to travel all over this country and to pump up, to encourage, to plant the seeds to the black community, to ask them to get involved and to remind them that they did, in fact, deserve and still do to this day, basic human rights. And she was a strategist. I mean, we don't often see her in that light or talk about her that way, but she was a strategist. Talking to local leaders, helping to craft and implement campaigns against lynching uh, reminds me of another lady that totally pulled back the veil on lynching. And, and that is none other than you want to talk about being an investigative reporter that Ida B. Wales, baby Barnett, did that thing when it comes to pulling back the veil and letting letting folks know what it was in this country when it came to whites uh, lynching black people. She did that. So all of these women are worthy of uplift and further research and understanding. We got to do it. Ella Baker was a motivator. She helped push the rank and file. She helped people to know that they are leaders in their own right. She pushed that. She did that. And at one of her workshops was a woman that we hold in the highest regard and we should continue to do that. And that was an NAACP member from Montgomery, Alabama, by the name of Rosa Parks. Yes, even Rosa Parks. I mean, she traveled as well. She uh, went into the South and was investigating uh, rapes and assaults of black women. We don't talk about that enough either. There's a really good book about her. I think I believe the title was Mrs. Rosa Parks. Definitely pull that one out and read that as well. And 
Oh, that book, that book. I was trying to find it while I was <laughs> talking to you all and I have it. So again, Dr. Barbara Ransby, who's a dear friend of mine, a, a tremendous scholar, the book that I was recommending for you all to read about Ella Baker. The title is Ella Baker and the Black Freedom Movement, a Radical Democratic Vision. Let me give that to you one more time. Ella Baker and the Black Freedom Movement, a Radical Democratic Vision. Pick that book up, baby. Read it. Or listen to it either way you like to get your books, but do that. Maybe we'll do a book club too. I don't know. Let me think about that. But if we did do a book club, I would love some suggestions on what we should collectively read. That would be amazing. But in this book, Dr. Ransby lays it out that it was really Ella Baker who who framed the issues and set the group's agenda. It was her. She was the strategist. She did that. She doesn't get a lot of credit, as most women do not get credit for the work that they do. And in 1958, Ella Baker moved to Atlanta to spearhead what had become the SCLC. That's the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And that group was principally associated, as we all know, with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. At the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, why we always got the end of the day, (laughs) Ella J. Baker devoted her life to justice. She had a passion for justice and equality and a passion for community. She is and was, and I say is in a sense of that, the spirit that is Ella Baker is still lingering here, but she was a thought leader. She was fearless and she was fighting very hard for a type of justice that would edify and that would lift And when I think about the words to form a more perfect union, that certainly was the journey that Miss Ella Baker was on, working every single day as the activist that she was to form a more perfect union. I know even at times when I I, and I brought up the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. um, briefly, you know, her her and Dr. King, they had to fight it out. They had to workshop it out many times because they just saw leadership in a different way. And there's a wonderful, wonderful article. If you don't have time to read an entire book at this particular moment, there was a wonderful article that came out in 2017. It was written by Julie Suflo. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Lord, forgive me if I'm not. But the article on MLK Day, Honor the Mother of the Civil Rights Movement and a tremendous and we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes uh, we'll, we will also put in the notes uh, the title of, of the book I was referencing about Rosa Parks and certainly the book that was written by Dr. Ransby Ella Baker and the Black Freedom Movement a Radical Democratic Vision but to quote something that was in the article that I just referenced the author noted about Ella Baker and MLK and I quote her relationship with Dr. King, however, was tense. Despite her level of experience and proven track record, he had difficulty allowing a woman's decision to trump his own. And her idea was that the organization should devote its resources more to promoting and enabling its overall mission rather than celebrating a charismatic leader. In the quote, I'm going to stop right there. I mean, it goes on even more. This ties very nicely back to what I was saying at the beginning, which is Ella Baker was a believer in empowering people. And there is a lot of merit to that. I could see it 
both ways. Uh, there are many things that could be true all at once that if we focus on one charismatic leader, sometimes what the mission is can get lost in that leader. And also if something happens to that leader, then what the collective was fighting for could just die out. The fight might not go on because you lose that one person. But if you have a series of leaders who are fighting and who are recognized and uplift and not just one, that way you empower that if something does happen to that one leader, the mission continues. She believed in uplifting just everyday people, that everybody was a leader in their own right. And not that everybody can do everything because everybody cannot do everything. There's a role for everybody to play, but to promote and push for uh, multiple leaders instead of one charismatic leader. Now, obviously, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did not agree with that sentiment. And uh, still on on this article, it was uh, Wyatt. T. Walker, an early SCLC board member who told the filmmaker Joanne Grant that the minister's refusal to follow Baker's advice was in practice with the era's norms. In other words, in the 20th century, especially this uh, mid part of the 20th century, it was unheard of for uh, women. It was harder and, and rare that women would take on those outward leadership roles and be recognized for those roles. We also know that women of that era had to do, even though they were the leaders, they were the movers and shakers. A lot of times they were disregarded and disrespected. Uh, this comes from just the male domination uh, in this country, the the belief that men are the leaders and women should always follow. And so breaking through that, we still even have to break through that in the 21st century. It was even, even harder to do that in the 20th century. But the one and only Ella Baker certainly stood her ground. And in thinking about the, the norms of that era, and we're talking about the 20th century, we know that that is still the norms, even in the 21st century, we got to continue to push back against this. Let me quote something here again. This was before the days of women's liberation. This is what a Wyatt T. Walker is explaining about why Dr. King did not take uh, Ella Baker's advice, why it was hard. It wasn't just uh, Dr. King, it was others. This was the methods of that moment of that time. Again, this was before the days of women's liberation. He says in the 1981 film Fundi, the story of Ella Baker going to great lengths to avoid the word chauvinist uh, going back to the article. We can understand why he did not want to use that word. And instead, he explains how unless someone was male and a member of the inner circle of the church, that it could be difficult to overcome, quote, 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 <laughs> the preacher's ego. Ooh, we got we got a lot of that uh, going on right now. The male ego, the preacher's ego, all of that, all of that ego, all of we, all of us have egos. But we know that the way that society was set up, the way that it was formed in this country, it was set up in a way that men dominated. And all of us, each and every one of us are products of our environment, of our of our time. And that was true for Dr. King or anybody else. That's just the way that it was. And to have women who were able to transform that or just not accept it was spectacular. And certainly Ella Baker was someone that would not be 
controlled or minimized in that way. And she was able to push against that as she helped to build a movement. And the film Fundi that tells the story of Ella Baker is really good. So I do encourage you to watch that if you get a chance to do that. And the nickname that Ella Baker was given the word Fundi is a Swahili word, meaning a person who teaches a craft to the next generation. What an absolute honor. And that word certainly describes her to the T. Uh, Ella Baker was a force of nature, certainly a shero in the civil rights movement, the movement for freedom. That was her. Ella Joe Baker, baby. Don't play with her. Understand her. And another magnificent, magnificent quote by the one and only Ella Baker. One of the things that has to be faced is the process of waiting to change the system. How much we have got to do to find out who we are, where we have come from, and where we are going. Strong people don't need strong leaders. Give light and people will find the way. That's the one and only Ella Baker. She laid it out. She said what she meant and she meant what she said, baby. Strong people don't need strong leaders. Give light and people will find a way. Amen to that. Give light and people will find the way. And we must continue to help people find a way. Will you join me in that? Help somebody find a way. And it can be great. It can be macro or it can be micro. Macro or micro. But let's all be on the journey of helping people find the way. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Hello Somebody. I'm sending love and light. I want you to keep the faith and I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Coming. The pain is numbing. Try to shoot for the stars if you're gonna aim for something. Embrace the love for your brother and sister. Unity's the missing brush. We need to puzzle this picture. Let's paint it up, frame it up for the world to see. Hang the hatred up. Enough is enough, is enough. Making changes on us. In Turner, her voice is the truth. Her wise words inspire the youth to keep their eyes on the roof. It's the end, never give up. Keep conquering goals. To the eye, intelligence, silver, wisdom is gold. Back to the end, now is your time. Stay firm, don't fold. To the A, all you need is the three bones. That's what Granny said. Now I'ma make sure these words from Granny spread. For all of here, just give her your ear. She can take you to the promised land, I swear. World peace is what they fear. From Queens to Cleveland, Ohio, we here. Famous.
Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.